0: Welcome to He Restores My Soul with Jannie Ortland, where you can find encouragement for your busy life through God's renewing mercies. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in again to our discipleship series. Before you begin, I want to make sure that your leader goes to our website and makes copies of the paper entitled My Evangelistic connections. Have one for each member. You're going to need this at the end of the podcast today. We're going to start with accountability today, and this is what I'm going to ask you leaders to do. I'm going to ask you to pause the podcast and go over your assignment yourself. You know the routine now of quiet times, meditation, memorization, prayer calendars, and choosing a Christian biography, so test your members on what they're memorizing and how their quiet time is going and what biography they're reading. Go ahead and pause the podcast and do that now. Next, during our time together, we're going to go to our teaching time, and we're going to finish up our teaching on priority number three. Do you remember your three priorities? We've been working on them faithfully throughout the year. Hopefully you know them. Number one is Christ. Number two is the body of Christ. And our third priority is the work of Christ in the world. Or another way to say it is Jesus, community, mission. Now, we've already Taught last week about how public worship can be part of our third priority. We saw that our worship can show others Christ. Today, we want to talk more about personal evangelism, how public outreach is the work of Christ in the world as much as public worship is. So let's talk today about witnessing, about our public outreach as fulfilling Priority 3. We all need a small group of believers to support us. We talked about that in Priority 2 over the last several months. Our community of believers, you're experiencing that in your discipleship group. But beyond our small groups, there are people all around us in deep trouble. They are desperately floundering and would welcome us as angels if we told them about Jesus. I'll admit to you that I struggle with methodology. How should I tell others about Jesus? When? Who? All these questions loom up in my mind. The story is told of a man who came to D. L. Moody, that great pastor of Moody Bible Church, and said, Pastor Moody, I don't like your method of evangelism. Moody answered him, You know, I don't like it very much either. Tell me about yours. The man said, Well, I I, I don't have one. And Moody said to him, Well, I like mine better than yours. (laughs) That's true, isn't it? It's better to have something than nothing. So let's go to the Word and see what Jesus says about different methods of bringing others to himself. Open your Bibles, first of all, To Luke 9, we're going to read verses 12 through 17 and talk about the bread of life. Luke 9, verses 12 through 17. Listen as I read it and ask yourself these questions. If you consider the food that Jesus is talking about and sharing to be the gospel, what Can you learn about the Lord? How does He operate in this? What about us? What are we to do? And what about the world and its response? So listen as I read, and then I'll give you those questions again. Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 17 say this. Now the day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions, for we are here in a desolate place. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. They said, We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we are to go and buy food for all these people, for there were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so. And they had them all sit down. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up. Twelve Baskets of Broken Pieces. Now, I want you to pause the podcast and discuss among yourselves these questions. If you consider the food to be the gospel, what do you learn about the Lord? How does He operate? What do you learn about us? What are we to do? And what about the world and its response? Go ahead, pause the podcast and discuss those questions. Now, I want you to go to another passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Mark 2, 1 through 12. Now, turn off the podcast and read this among yourselves. Mark chapter 2 verses 1 through 12. Go ahead, pause the podcast and read it right now. All right, we've talked about the bread of life in Luke 9. Now we're talking about bringing others to Christ in Mark chapter 2. And I gather some of these ideas from my father-in-law's writings and sermon on on this passage, Ray Ortland Sr., I see in this passage that people are paralyzed. They can't always come to Jesus on their own. And I also see that the house owner got more than he bargained for. It may be costly to welcome needy people, but it can be a great privilege. First of all, this was a coordinated effort teamwork brings people to Christ. Do you have other people that you can ask to help you bring others in? Unite with other Christians. Four men brought this needy man to Christ. They had to agree and move together. Why? Because this man was needy and Jesus was his only answer. One man had to get the idea, and he had to sell it to the others, and then the others had to agree to join in and be part of the team of bringing this man to Christ. Teamwork brings people to Christ. Secondly, bold ingenuity and hard work brings people to Christ. Look at verse 4. The men didn't give up. They struggled with it. Plan A failed, so they calculated the value of a human soul compared to the value of a roof, and the soul won. Look at verse 4. It says this, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. I love that. Now, the roof was not just straw. It was built of stone on which the upper room was situated. Luke mentions tiles in his account of this story in Luke 5.19. Mark mentions the making of an opening. Think of this with me. it had That opening had to be sturdy enough to hold four men plus the bed and the paralytic. This is the question. What roof is so important to keep souls out? Remember our story from last week about Chuck Smith at Calvary Chapel? The salvation of souls through the work of Christ is not just a nice idea. It is either the way to eternal life and heaven or it is a lie. Christianity and the truth of God's love is not just a theory to make life more pleasant. By God's grace, people who are spiritually lost get found forever. The dead come to life. Every effort is worth bringing people to Christ. So we see that coordinated effort, teamwork brings people to Christ, and hard work brings people to Christ along with bold ingenuity. Finally, daring faith brings people to Christ. Jesus did the inside job. Look at verse 5. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Do you get that? When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Daring faith brings people to Christ. Jesus does the inside job. Jesus saw their faith. Faith was their motivation. Faith acts. Not a word of these men is recorded, but how their actions speak to us. Faith inevitably takes a form. You can see real faith because it acts. It is eager, determined, active. So... Finally, let's talk about our faith. Let's let our lifestyle be prayerful, wise, gracious, attractive. Turn to Colossians chapter 4 with me. Colossians chapter 4. And turn off the podcast to read verses 2 through 6 together. Leaders, pause the podcast and read Colossians 4 2 through 6. With whom are you conversing about eternal matters? Our conversations should be prayerful, verse 2. They should be clear, verse 4. They should be accompanied by wise actions, verse 5. And they should be filled with grace, kind, tender, Merciful, good, and beautiful, verse 6. They should be tasty, seasoned with salt. Our conversations should never be bland or boring. I love how Rod Dreher puts it in the Benedict option. He says this, The first Christians gained converts not because their arguments were better than those of the pagans, but because people saw in them and their communities something good and beautiful and they wanted it. This led them to the truth. Apologetics then and now has a limited role, Robert Louis Wilkins says. We must speak what is true, but finally the appeal must be made to the heart, not the mind. We're really leading people to change their love, to love something different. Love is what holds and draws people. The most effective way to evangelize is by helping people experience beauty and goodness. From that starting point, We help them to grasp the truth that all goodness and beauty emanate from the eternal God who loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. Well, in the midst of that tasty conversation with others, there will be questions. Look at verse 6 in Colossians 2. Know how to answer everyone Oh, my goodness. How? Well, Luke 6.45 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is abounding in your heart today? Anxiety? Jealousy? Pride? Bitterness? It all comes back to priority one, doesn't it? God. Time with Him to bathe our hearts and our thoughts with his thoughts, and to fill our hearts and our mouths with His words, Mom and Dad Ortland taught me that we must first be the people of God before we can do the work of God. Now, I want you to think with me about where to begin. <laughs> Nehemiah 3:28 when the people were rebuilding the wall, says this, Above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. This is the way to deal with the evil of this world, We're all fonder of starting schemes, of forming committees, of discussing methods of work, than in settling definitely to work for ourselves. There's a lack of definiteness, and we hardly know where to begin with evangelism. But this verse in Nehemiah 3.28 suggests that everyone should begin over against his own house. Mom and Dad Ortland taught me this. They taught me to try to make my own neighborhood a little more like what God would have it. It may be that I've gone too far afield in search of work. Maybe I'm trying to apply to the Foreign Mission Society or waiting for a sphere of service, yet all the time there is that wretched neighborhood like a piece of ruined wall before me. I must first be the person of God before I can do the work of God. So I want you to take your Evangelistic Connections worksheet. Your leader hopefully copied one off for you. And I want you to take it and fill it out. In light of what I've just read from Nehemiah three twenty eight and I got those ideas from an FB Myers quote where he says, "Arise and repair it. fill out this evangelistic connections paper and then I want you as a group to put them in the center of the table and pray over all of them. Do that right now. Pause the podcast, fill it out, and pray over these connections. My prayer for you over these connections is from Hebrews thirteen twenty through 21 Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, I suggest you pause the podcast and take a break right now. During the second half of your time together, this is what I want you to do. I want you to have someone share from their Christian biography— And then share prayer requests and take some time to pray for each other and finish up with this assignment. Make sure that your ladies are having their quiet times and meditating on their Bible verse, that they're working on their Bible memory, and for those who haven't given their biography yet, that they would read their biography and get ready to report on it. Also, have them check up on their short-term goals and adjust them as needed. And then close out your time together by singing or praying Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And I say that over you all as well. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face shine upon you, and restore your souls. Thank you for joining us today. This podcast is generously funded through Renewal Ministries. If you would like to discover more about Jannie and Ray's ministry or make a donation, visit their website at renewalministries.com. If you have a question for Jannie or would like to learn more about this podcast, please visit our website at herestoresmysoul.org.